Now, one of the things you need to understand is today we are doing a special Jehovah. But first, let's recap. The first week we had Jehovah Ra'ah, the Lord is our shepherd. The second week we had Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is our peace. We need peace. Jehovah Siddiquanu, the Lord is our righteousness. We don't have a righteousness of our own. It's his righteousness. And if you hear anything from Paul and I in the time that we're here, I want you to learn this. Scripture interprets Scripture. And we've done this with these Jehovah's by taking an Old Testament Scripture and showing how Jesus lived it in the New Testament. And so the one today for Jehovah Rapha comes to us from Exodus 15. But first I need to tell you a little bit about it. Because the Israelites are at this river and they're thinking, oh good, water. The name of the river was Marah, which means bitterness. So this is where our scripture picks up at. So the people grumbled against Moses. Imagine that. Saying, what are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. There the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands, keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. I want you to notice something. In the previous three Jehovah's, they were names that people gave to God. This one, God is giving to himself. He is saying, I am healing. Not, I am the God who heals, or praise be to the God who heals, like all the others. He is saying, I am healing. The word Rapha literally means to heal, to cure, to restore, or to make whole. In other words, there's no wholeness without God. There's no wholeness without Jesus Christ, without the Holy Spirit. He is literally saying here, healing is what I am. It's what I am. So Jehovah Rapha is our wholeness. We see that truth echoed through the New Testament all over the place as Jesus goes around healing all sorts of people. So it took me a while to find the healing story that would really drive home Jehovah Rapha. I mean, wholeness is what Jesus does. But we have this story from Mark 5 that is in the middle of other healings. So hear these words from Mark 5, 24b. And the great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had had a flow of blood for 12 years, who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. 
She had heard the reports about Jesus, and she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If I touch even his garments, I shall be made well. And immediately the hemorrhage ceased, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving himself in himself that power had gone forth from him, immediately turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, Now see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had been done to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Now go in peace and be healed of your disease. Okay, now how many of you have hear me reading this and have heard what I've said and heard the wonderful music and are going, oh wow, what's she going to do with this? I mean, we have doctors and nurses and all sorts of medical staff for healing, right? You can nod and say yes because we do have that, okay? But is that the only thing? Is there a possibility that we think we have to fix things and God might fix them a little bit better? Just saying. I mean, maybe we believe that we can fix it. Um, I can tell you that I've been there. I have believed that I could fix it, and um, I was dropped on my, I guess you could say drop-kicked on my butt. (laughs) That's not true. Only God can fix things. Only him. As a matter of fact, God doesn't seem to want to get perfect people, people who have it all together. He seems to like to get broken vessels, like King Saul. Okay, how many of you know the story of King Saul in the Old Testament? Yes, King Saul is the the king before King David, okay? Now, King Saul, who was one of these I got this kind of guys, was supposed to wait for Samuel, the prophet, to come and offer the sacrifice. And guess what? Samuel was late. Saul was impatient, and he offered the sacrifice. Okay? We get impatient waiting for God, don't we? We really do. But in this case... Bad idea, okay? Really bad idea. Because Saul is then basically kind of stripped of his kingship and David, the anointing goes to David, okay? And Saul starts battling demons because God has removed his presence. So, just a lesson. Don't rush off ahead of God. But today we're talking about Jesus Christ being Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals And our scripture passage is actually one that comes right in the middle of a chapter. Now, when you get beyond this, you have the raising from the dead of Jairus' daughter. Okay? And right before this, he has healed the man they called Legion because of the many demons that inhabited him. And he's completely healed him. So that's where this passage falls, right there. 
And we have this woman, okay? This woman with this issue of blood. So a little bit of the background for her. Scripture, please. She had been the subject of bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Some of us understand that, and some of us don't. So let me just put a little bit of this into perspective. This woman bled for 4,380 days, or is that backwards? No, that's it. 4,000, at least 4,380 days. There's no insurance at this time, none whatsoever, okay? So she has nothing to fall back on. And in addition to this, back in this day, she would have been considered unclean. So every time she came near someone, she had to yell, unclean, unclean, for 12 solid years. No physical touch. No one to give her a hug and say, this is going to be all right. No. If somebody did that, suddenly they'd be unclean. And they don't want to be unclean. And then, of course, you have the people who go, she is still not healed because God is punishing her. Can you imagine living that life? Thinking that everybody who looked went, oh, yeah, God is dealing with her. We don't have to worry about anything. Can you imagine how she felt? And suddenly, we don't know how she heard about Jesus, but she heard about Jesus. And she heard about this amazing healer of cosmic proportions. I mean, he healed legion, kicked out many demons from the man who had been tortured. So everybody's talking about him. Just everyone, this man of God, has healed people, and they all know about it. Now, another thing you need to remember is we're not talking this is a news broadcast on the television, okay? We're not talking about there being internet. No, no cell phones, not even the type of phone that is plugged into the wall that you have to dial the number on. There's no way except by mouth to get this news out about Jesus. And crowds have heard and are gathering, lots of them. And they're wanting just a touch of him, you know? You need to know something about all the people that gather around all the famous people, because that's what this would be like. This would be like somebody, we'll never see him, oh my gosh, like maybe Barbara Streisand, I think she's one of the recluses. Nobody's going to see her, okay? And yet she appears and suddenly everybody wants to see her. Everybody wants to talk to her. Everybody wants to know what's going on. You know, this is bigger than that. Because you've got people who don't just want to see him. They want to be healed. And some people are, you know, I can make some money off of this. It takes all sorts that are going around Jesus. All sorts. Now, again, I don't know how she found out, but she knew. Now, imagine a woman who's had to yell unclean 
for 12 years being this desperate to go, I've, I've got to, I've just got to touch his clothes, his, his garment, his outer garment. That's all I need, okay? Now, so that she's not noticed, because these people know who she is, so she's not noticed, she crouches down low, really low, so they can't see her, so they can't go, oh, 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 because if they see her, they can stone her to death for doing this. So she crouches really low to touch his garment. Do you think anybody noticed a woman crawling at his feet? I kind of doubt it because they're too busy going, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, I need this, Jesus. Jesus, can you heal this? Can you do this? Can you do this? That's what they're doing right at this moment. Now, I have to tell you, when I thought about the magnitude of this passage, songs and memories just flooded my head completely. And all of a sudden, this one song hit me. The name of the song is One Touch, and it's done by Nicole C. Mullins. Now, she is a tremendous songwriter, but this particular song, One Touch, is based on this passage. And I had the opportunity to see her perform it live in Oklahoma City at a Women of Faith conference. I was so blown away that I, I don't think I'll ever forget this as a concert. And I've been to quite a few concerts, but I'll never forget this one. Because Nicole C. Mullins, what she does is she loves to take youth off of the streets and teach them about God and teach them how to dance. So they traveled with her and they did this incredible dance as she was dressed with a red scarf completely covering her. All you could see were her face and part of her arms, just red scarf. And they all had on black t-shirts with words such as shame and fear, unwanted, lonely, abandoned, ugly, outcast, anxiety. And this woman owned every one of those and more. And so she is crouching, reaching through these kids in these black t-shirts who are pulling her back and pulling her away from Jesus and not letting her get to him to touch him. And then all of a sudden, you know that things change, and she touches the hem of his garment. Touches it. The way some of the song goes is, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'd be made whole. If I could just press my way through this madness, his love would heal my soul. In the moment in the song where she touches the garment, all of a sudden the black t-shirts have changed to white and they have words of healed, joy, loved, appreciated, redeemed, accepted. And all of a sudden the red, and I really don't know how she did it because I swear it happened in front of us, the red turned into a long white scarf that blew in the wind. And I thought to myself, wow, 
that is the Lord who heals. That's what happens. It's not just a physical healing. It's an emotional healing. You're changed from the inside out. I mean, we live in this crazy world that is pressing in on all sides of us. We don't know what to do sometimes with watching the news and seeing the garbage that's on it, the evil that's on it. I mean, mass shootings in Maine. And then, of course, you've got the horrors and everything in Israel and Gaza. And that doesn't even include the stuff that we don't get to see that's going on. I mean, bullying is on the rise, abuse is on the rise, and we're not just talking abuse of children, we're talking in families, we're talking even with friends, and just people are on a short fuse. Just a really so much ugliness. People yelling and screaming to be heard. If ever there was a time for us to touch the hem of his garment, it's now. We need Jehovah Rapha desperately. Jehovah Rapha is our redeemer. He is the one that sets everything right. He heals not only physical ailments, but the hurts that we bear, that we don't show others. The grieving that we have that we don't want to show others. Only God can purify a soul. Only God can make us whole. And he does it through Jesus Christ. Scripture tells us in 1 Peter 2, 24, he, Jesus himself, bore our sins in his body and on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds you have been healed. His wounds. You see, Jesus chose the cross. He was God. He didn't have to do it. He chose it for us. Now, I don't know about you, but when I finally got a hold of that, I was like, oh my gosh. He chose it for each one of you. And me. It's crazy. We have trouble seeing this, though. We can't see it as clearly as we'd love to. One of the women of faith that I just absolutely adore her books, she is very funny, but she wrote one book that the image in it I can't ever let go of. The name of the book is The Shelter Beneath His Wings. And the image is that of a glass house. She said, we all live in a glass house. We all have our glass house in front of, of us. The problem is that people have thrown rocks at our glass house. And they've thrown mud clods at our glass house. We can't see as clearly as we think we can. And then all of a sudden, we run into someone else who has the same problem and cannot see as they want to see and think they can. And problems arise. We can't see straight. This is how we see. Broken. And we think we've got it all together. 
And we go, I'm right. And someone goes, oh, no, you're not. I'm right. And the next thing you know, division has happened because we can't see clearly. And anger boils up. We need wholeness. But feelings are hurt and tears are shed and more brokenness abounds all over the place. Knowing that down deep, our veneer is very thin. And we wonder when anybody will see our cracks. Now I know this story about a little girl who loved to sing. Just absolutely loved to sing. And she moved to a new place and had an opportunity to audition to sing for a, an event. But she was the new kid, eight years old, new kid. And the other girls went, you don't deserve that. That's not your, your place. She won it. She won the solo. And it might have been in her mind, one of the worst things that could have happened because they continued to berate her that whole evening. She was a quivering mess when her parents picked her up. It was crazy. She said, I'm not singing again. Nuh-uh, never doing this again. Never doing this again. Fast forward eight years. New school, new state, and she's taught herself to play guitar, but she can only play guitar if she sings, okay? Now, some, one of her friends spent the night with her and overheard her. I'm sure she thought she was being quiet, but anyway, overheard her. So the next day, they're at school, and they've got a guitar being passed around in high school, and all of a sudden, somebody goes, who else plays guitar? And the friend goes, well, she does. And she goes, uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. Next thing she knows, the guitar is thrust in her hands, and she plays and sings, gives the guitar away, and bolts out of the room because she cannot take what they're about to say to her because she knows that she did something she shouldn't have done because of what happened to her eight years earlier. In the meantime, the classmates are going, oh my gosh, did, whoa, who knew she could do that? She didn't get to hear it. Flash forward two years later, and she's in a college choir and it's the very first choir performance. And she's nervous. I mean, just cannot deal. Nervous, nervous, nervous. And so the girl that stood next to her in the lineup knew how bad she was feeling and laid a hand on her shoulder and prayed for her. This is the girl's words for what happened next. She says, the girl... I stand next to knew I was stressed about tonight. So she, we had an all-group prayer time. Then right before we went out on, onto the stage, the girl started praying beside me and placed a hand on my shoulder. I sang my heart out, and it was all just to glorify God. 
I was able to let myself go for once and just focus on him. I am so overwhelmed still. I just never expected to feel it so abundantly, to feel peace, joy, and redeeming work. School choir is where it all fell apart, and tonight it's where he chose to heal and redeem it. The bullying took place at a Christian school, and the healing took place at a Christian college. We don't know what God's going to do. We don't know how he's going to do it, but I've got news for you. God is going to do it. Whatever it is. Now, some of you may know Sheila Walsh, and some of you may not. Um, Sheila Walsh, decades ago, was part of um, the 700 Club. And she was one of the hosts on the 700 Club. She says, this is my favorite, favorite line I've ever heard from anyone. She says, God let her run into a brick wall. And it was the best thing he could have done because, and, and here's the line, sometimes God's greatest gifts we open with bloody hands. We don't always get beautiful packages. Sometimes we are beat up. We are worn out. We are at the end of our rope. And that's when God will step in. It's the same today as he was yesterday. And he will be tomorrow. Back in the 1800s, there was a plumber by the name of Smith Wigglesworth. I love that name, by the way. It is a great name. Now, Smith Wigglesworth was married to a woman pastor, or woman preacher, as he called her. And she passed away, and he was still there. But she had taught him to read. There was only one book he read, the Bible. He said it was the only book he needed. And he would lay in bed going, Lord, you know who I am. Help me, before he even got out of bed. Someone asked him once about his success because through Smith Wigglesworth, there were lots of faith healings and casting out of demons. Okay? But they asked him, they said, how do you explain your success? His exact words. Before God could bring me to this place, he broke me a thousand times. He has to break me a thousand times. Can you imagine? God does do this stuff, but he doesn't always do it in the way we want him to. He heals, he restores. We don't know why he doesn't heal everybody the way we want him to. Sometimes healing is actually letting a person go home because we're not home yet. We're not. We're just visitors on this planet. Heaven is home with him. To be honest, we've got to learn to surrender everything. There are times that we're called to pray on our knees. There are times that we're called to pray, and believe me, because I've done this, on your face, stretched out, prostrate before the Lord. God calls us to pray, and he calls us to pray for one another. 
Now we look at some of this and we look at today and we go, really, I don't, I'm not so sure God does that anymore. I don't know if I believe. Then we can be like the man who watched his son be healed by Jesus and say, Lord, I believe, please help my unbelief. We don't know why things happen. The prophet Isaiah says that God's ways are higher than our ways. And they're not our ways. They're different. But one thing that I can tell you is that God knows our deepest needs more than anything. He knows who we are and what we are and what we need. Love came down to this earth to bear the guilt that we so richly deserve. Believe me, we do. He told everyone who would listen that the kingdom of God is here, now. Not later. Here. He came to preach good news to the poor, release to the prisoners, and hope for the hopeless. He healed what was broken, and he gave his life for the world. He is the source of all glory, honor, and praise. He's what we need now and forevermore. Now you need to know that sometimes our healing do, does not come like we want it to. Sometimes our healing comes with raindrops. Sometimes our healing comes through tears. And sometimes, as the song says, a thousand nights are just to know that he's near. Sleepless nights to know that he's near. Friends, God is here. Jesus Christ is here to do what we can't do. To bring a healing to this, his church. To this, his body. He loves us dearly. Loves us so much that he calls us sons and daughters. Let us pray. Holy God, we give you thanks and praise that you and only you can do the healing, that you are Jehovah Rapha and you lead us according to your will and your purposes, that you and you alone may be glorified. We give you all thanks and praise for this gift of knowing you, Lord. It is in your name that we pray. Amen.